Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes. Ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed. We are back at it. And boy, did it warm up. We are now at zero in the Twin Cities. Jeez. I'm just looking for something positive, guys. Light snow, fog, and mist, zero. We might hit 11 today, mm. possibly. That's good. I got to yeah. show a couple houses. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, you'll be in luck. Condos, actually. I, I want to alert our listeners that uh, if you have a real estate kind of a question, you can call it in or text it in as usual, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Chris and Addy, how was your week? Any uh, change since the last time? thought. Actually, yeah. started getting some action here towards the end of the week, and mm-hmm. the weekend... Uh, some a flurry, hopefully. Yeah, we've activity. actually had quite a few listeners that were uh, actually calling in and, and having us do the market analysis on their homes and then looking at, more importantly, uh, what can they do to improve the value of their house, you know, from the condition it's in, making some of these minor tweaks. And so sometimes it's a multiple-step uh, meeting, Denny, where we actually have the – we'll do the first initial consult where we'll come out and tell them what the house is worth as right. it sits – and then we'll bring in like our staging experts or we'll bring oh. in, you know, some contractors to help out and get the the work done that will give them the best ROI. And then we try to time the market a little, which is always a, kind of a tough one. But, uh, you know, we always say from Super Bowl Sunday to Memorial Day is a great window. Um, if you can land your plane on that kind of a runway, it's a great time to sell. I bet it is. Yeah, it's a good window. Yeah, it is. It, like you're saying, I mean, some people need a lot more time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I can't believe this last year – how many homes I actually went into that were like almost ready that you could show them that day. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we never saw before. But I think that's kind of the advent, the whole HGTV thing, you know, where people are seeing that and, mm-hmm. and the internet's certainly helping as well. Well, uh, that, well, that. no kidding. And, and you know, what's funny too, is like a lot of times the people that are the most concerned, and I think you'll acknowledge this too, the people that are the most concerned about the condition of their house, when you go to their house, it's pristine. 
And they're like, what else should we do? What you know? And then you go to the other guy's house, and it's like there's papers and stacked up on newspapers <laughs> from the 70s in the corners and the old Time Life magazines. And but you they're know, like, I'm those, ready to list. And I'm yeah, like, no. but on those pristine homes, too, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it comes to a point that, you know, some people, oh, it's, it's perfect, but there might be a couple little things missing. Mm-hmm. People are even going to scrutinize it more if it's all perfect and only a couple things are wrong. Oh. And so, it's, so to me, it's sometimes I, you got to go like, you know what? Hey, you've done a great job. Yep. You got to finish those last two things because if you don't, it, they start with that's what they'll end up concentrating on rather than all the good things that you did. <laughs> how it's many, crazy. How many fights do we start with with couples where you're downstairs and there's the three pieces of trim or the four pieces of wood floor that are not done yet? And they say, sure, he'll finish that for you. But for me, it'll, you know, I've sat for three <laughs> years waiting for that to get done. And I laugh, but you know, I always tell everybody, get it done a couple years ahead of time, and then you can enjoy it and get the value. That's true. You know, I always use graduation parties as a great excuse to get out there, spruce the house up, get the kitchen redone, whatever. But do it a couple years early so you can enjoy it too before you decide to sell the house and downsize. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we brought Travis Whitford in today uh, with Big Bay Equity, and uh, we're going to hit on some of the like interest rates. And I know there's some changes um, in uh, loan limits and things like that. Today, so why don't we start with what 2018, um, where those rates were and where we think they're going. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so uh, the beginning of 2018, rates were pretty much about uh, 4%, high threes, 4%. And as the year went on, they they slowly got worse. Um, The height of the rates for the year was right around 5, and that was... Um, November-ish, um, the, the statistics for the average rate for 2018 was just above four and a half percent with, uh, approximately a half a point in, uh, in fees. So now I was looking at some forecasts for 2019 and, and there's no consistency. <laughs> so yeah. I looked at six different entities and what they're forecasting the average rate for 2019. I looked at Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the Mortgage Bankers Association, the National Home Builders Association, National Association of Realtors, and then Realtor.com. So, and uh, they're 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 all a little bit different. So, Fannie Mae predicts the average rate for uh, 2019 to be like 4.75 to 4.875. Freddie Mac has that at five to five and an eighth, as well as the Mortgage Bankers Association. Um, the National Home Builders Association and the National Association of Realtors are a little bit higher than that, five and an eighth to five and a quarter. And then Realtor.com is predicting more mid-fives. So, and Travis, talk to us a little bit about, I mean, so that's what they're using as an educated guess, but ultimately who makes a decision on the interest rate? There's uh, a lot of factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the a lot of it is the mortgage rates are determined by the bond market. So mm-hmm. the bond market and the stock market typically work against each other. So when the stock market's going really good, the bond market's not doing all that great. Mm-hmm. Hence, mortgage rates gets a little bit higher. Stock market's not doing all that great. All these big these big entities move all their money into the bond to save bond money, mm-hmm. and then that helps improve mortgage rates. Well, and the Federal Reserve is also kind of ultimately the at the end of the day the one holding the bag where they're looking at the economy. Is the economy stable? Is it getting better? If they think it's getting better, then they usually try to push try that to rate up to push make those it attractive rates. Yep. to get those investors to buy those products. Otherwise, you you have think about it. Like I, I've said this to you know numerous people. Would you? 
let somebody buy a house, give you 3.5% down, and lend it at 4%. And most people say, no way. It's too risky. And I go, that's what the investor market was saying, too. So as we're trying to get rates a little higher, what that does is makes more people get into the investment on the backside of the loans. And then that makes more products available to consumers that are more creative or more exotic or maybe higher yields for risk. You know, So maybe you don't have perfect credit, which can keep actually. So rates going up can actually make a housing market increase and help. Because it makes more people, you know, eligible to, to play the game. Yeah, I mean, there's just and there's just so many other factors too outside of that. I mean, like geopolitical factors. I know I've talked about that, you know, before. Um, you know, just something you know crazy going on, and you know, outside of the U.S. will dictate our markets and and change interest rates, and you know, those you can never predict when those are going to happen. You know, but I mean, all in all, the economy is proving and when the economy improves, you know, it leads to higher interest rates. And, you know, mm-hmm. so we're just we've been on that trend for you know a couple of years. Now. Yeah, and I think with those interest rates too um, rising, the other thing is that's happening is that they get more creative with programs as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, less money down and um, or just more creative. So maybe uh, adjustable rate mortgages or balloon type payments where you you know, you get your payment set for a certain amount of time at a lower rate. Yeah, and ARMS are a great tool to use, you know, if you use it right, you know. And, I mean, it's it's perfect for, you know, a, a borrower that, you know, maybe doesn't have quite the income they expect to make, but they know their income is going to increase quite a bit over the next couple of years. So why not take advantage of a little cheaper payment before your, your you know, your income increases? You know, like a lot of young attorneys, young doctors, you know, they don't start off making the – as much as you know, you normally think, but they, it goes up quick. You know, there's another little trick too, and especially with uh, today's market climate and some of these uh, pricing segments that you're getting multiple offers, um, and and people are making offers, but they're, what they're trying to do is then put their closing costs on top of that. And so by the time they do that, they might be twenty, twenty five thousand over that full price um, offer, and then you start worrying about appraisals. There's a way in which, I mean, with interest rates, but taking a little higher rate, mm-hmm. that you can get rid of those closing costs and maybe be a little more competitive. Yep, yep. And it, on average, for every eighth of a percent in rate, it costs about a half a point of the loan amount. So what does that mean? So let's just use 5% as, as a rate, and that's, quote, unquote, your, your par rate. You go to five and an eighth, and we're talking about it's assume we're doing a $200,000 loan. You take five and an eighth. Now all of a sudden, I got a half a point of that two hundred thousand dollar loan. I can give you as a credit. So I'm giving you a thousand dollar credit to help pay your closing costs. You go a quarter. Now it's a two thousand dollar credit. So on, and I mean, it's not always that way, but on average, it's about a half a percent for every eighth of a percent in rate. All right, tell you what, time for a break, a quick one. We'll invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a real estate question, call it in or text it in six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six, and the text number is eight one eight zero seven. And good morning, welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. Uh, we have uh, a line open if you want to call in your question or send a text if that's easier. The text number eight one eight zero seven. We're getting a bunch of those too. But guys, let's go back to the phones. Alan, I believe, is calling from St. Paul. Alan, the guys are listening. What's your question, please? Yeah, hi guys. Amber, kind of talking about. Uh... In, uh, higher interest rates reducing people's buying power and stuff, but also another thing that's going to hurt people. I think this year the prices and stuff is. I got noticed now that my taxes, property taxes, are going up six hundred dollars this this year for this year for twenty nineteen as opposed from what they were in twenty eighteen. So that's fifty bucks a month more 
adds to my payment. But how, how much does that make my house worth less, right? Because, I mean, people's buying power goes down because of that increased tax amount. What is the, how do you compare it to, like, how much is it worth less if you add 50 bucks a month more? I mean, I don't know. I, that's, I, no, it's a, that's it's, a fantastic it's a great observation. Question. Yeah, great question, great point. Yep. I don't know if it makes it less worth or worth less, but what it does is basically that's $10,000 of buying power. Yeah, yeah. basically every $1,000 of like loan amount is about 5 bucks a month. So you add you know, 50 bucks a month. Which might eliminate some buyers to yeah. your property, which in turn Correct. might you know, have less people fighting for it than maybe get you less money. Well, and think about this. Let's say you pay cash for your property and you're on fixed income or you have limited you know, income coming in. Taxes make a huge difference. I mean, that's like paying your rent or whatever you want to call it because it never goes away and it's going to keep coming at you. So when he said, does it make your property worth less? I think it makes your property less desirable if you're in a very high tax bracket area. Where you know there's you know a lot of levies and a lot of whatever, and people will argue with us and say, oh yeah, well we need this for the schools. And you're right, you do. You need to have good schools because good schools generally are one of the leaders for people shopping for new homes. But if you have which a, raise your value, which raises your value, right. which raises your taxes, which raises you know. But then again, you get that uh, individual that is looking to have that fixed lower cost of living, and some areas become undesirable really fast because of that. So, well, it's interesting too because I think. When you get those tax values and we're doing it, I mean, the the general public uh, is able to see a lot of things, okay, Mm -hmm. about your property because there's a lot of information. Most people go to Zillow and it says, hey, your house is worth this much money. And so that might say 250000 you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're trying to list it at two seventy five and be able to get that. Well, then people use Zillow against you. And say, you know what, Zillow doesn't say it's high enough, but that happens a lot with tax value. Did you did you read the article on that where uh, Zillow just paid a million dollars out to find somebody that could make their systems more accurate? Really? They had a national contest where they had really? across all they wanted the smartest of smarties to come in there and help them improve their technology. They offered a million dollar prize, and they just mm-hmm. awarded that. So it'll be interesting to see because I'm telling you, it's a cool idea, you know, being able to dial in an automated um, system. But I'll tell you, they, they can't see what quality level you've finished things to. They can't see the view of your house unless somebody literally sits down, a human that looks at it and says, okay, this is a great view. And oh my gosh, look at their cabinets they put in. These are nicer cabinets and nicer floors. And instead of entry level stuff, they put in the high end. I don't know how they'll ever really dial it in, but I mean, it's, I like the idea of it getting closer because it helps a lot of people when they're making decisions and they're not quite ready to talk to a professional yet. Yeah. And where I was getting to too, is on the, the whole, the tax value is that that tax value goes up, and if you're selling, that's actually kind of helping you, mm-hmm. you know, because people are looking at it and say, oh, oh, it must be worth that much. Well, in reality, tax value and Zillow don't tell you what your house is worth, right. you know. In the end, it's what a seller's willing to sell for and a buyer's willing to buy it for. And if you want to get a loan on it, there's an appraiser that determines if that value is good enough for the bank. Well, and, and taxes, that's, that's the is. only way they can figure out how to, to spread the, the tax liability that they need to collect or whatever that's the only way they've been able to figure it out that's fair is assess a value and then you pay a percentage based on that. So if they didn't do that and everybody paid the same tax, it'd be different. Then there wouldn't be this you know tax value that keeps skewing the numbers. But back in the old days before they had automation, a lot of us would say, you know, like your your dad and mom, I think mine did too, you know, well, tax you know, it's your tax value plus 10% or tax value minus whatever. And so that was back. It was right on. It was before. like the first automated, mm-hmm. you know, but it was – run by humans. I mean, there'd be a tax assessor, knock on the door, look at the house. They compared it to all the other properties in the area. It was actually accurate back then. So, 
Well, the other thing is that I don't think people really fought it either, you know, because they didn't know what everyone else's is. That's the call right. I get. Geez, that my neighbor's down there that hasn't sold in 10 years is only mm-hmm. valued at this. I moved in three years ago. Now I'm already up to here, you know. And so once they start knowing, then they compare and then they go to the tax assessor and say, hey, this is not fair. Right, right. Yep. 651-989-9226. Send a text if that's easier. 81807. Guys, a text came in, said the, this. When selling a home built in 1970, is there a step up in basis from inflation? Hmm. Uh, that I don't have any formula basis for that. Basis meaning you're talking about then they're assuming it's a rental property, an investment property? I don't know. So they have a basis? Yeah, I mean... For yeah. depreciation is yeah. what they're talking about? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, 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 I wonder if it's kind of going off what we're talking about and how, you know, the, the valuation of the house happens yeah. from that last call. Sure. And uh, I don't think there really is. I mean, I'll tell you what, there's um, there's neighborhoods that have switched, you know, mm-hmm. that might have been really good in 1970 and that they're really bad right now. Mm-hmm. And you might be where you were when you're 1970. I mean, that's out, kind of outrageous. Sure. but. Um, that, that's the point. And then there's other areas that, hey, in 1970, all of a sudden you were, you know, kind of on the outskirts and now you're kind of right in the middle of things. Right. Well, and like you, you've said this before, Chris, it, uh, the property's worth what somebody's willing to pay. I've had people that'll shop houses that don't want to look at houses that are older than a certain age. So we'll shop houses that are in a certain window because they want the character or they like the construction, the way it's built. Or they'll say, I want houses that are 2010 or newer because the energy codes changed in 2009 and they like the newer energy codes or something. So there's a lot of different ways for people to search for houses. That's just, you know, one of the ways. All right, we'll need to take a break. There's another half hour of the show to go. So call us or text us with your real estate question. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. If you have that kind of a question, call it in or text it in. There is a line open at 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. Should we try to put that one together? Should we do that? I think I practiced. Did you? Oh, good. Yeah, should we you do, do it? Let's go. <laughs> All right. Because it, it, it's, it's in different steps at different layers here. Uh, here it is. Last fall, we qualified for a $250,000 mortgage. My credit score was slightly lower than my husband's. We found a house, and they, they re-ran our credit. My score dropped 30 points for absolutely no reason. Our lender said she had never seen that happen before. Line for line, nothing changed. I can't even dispute it because there isn't anything bad on there to dispute. It caused our interest rate to go up 5%, What can we do to correct that? Should the loan officer call there? Help. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a tough situation. Um, I highly doubt the credit balances on some of the credit cards were exactly the same back last fall versus right now just due to the activity that uh, you've probably had on credit cards over the last, you know, four months. You didn't realize we're just coming off of Christmas and, you know, there might be a little artificially high balance, but... A big thing that can drop scores pretty quickly is just an increased balance on your credit card. Um, the scores are all based off of a percent percentage in re, or what you owe as a percentage in relationship to the limit. So if you start having a balance, you know, more than 50% of your limit, whereas prior back this fall, maybe it was closer to 30%, you could see that score drop a little bit. Um, Another thing that might have attested to that too is, uh, 
you know, I don't know if maybe you might have tried to apply for a new credit card during the holiday seasons that might have got. Hey, a you get 10 percent off if you right. get a new credit card. Yeah, get us a new credit card, 20 yeah. percent off, you know. Um, the other thing you could look at, too, is, you, you know, if there's not a quick fix, but I, I would definitely look at those credit card balances and see if there's any way to get those down, get them down to a lower percentage. But maybe your husband's uh, credit score, um, you know, didn't didn't change at all or it's just still higher. And if he's got enough income to qualify for the same thing, you know, you could take yourself off of the loan and just run everything under your husband to get that half of a percent better rate. That would be frustrating, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, no one all of a sudden whack. Yeah, I know. It's and it's you know you don't miss a payment at all, and you know, and then all of a sudden, score changes. I mean, they change every month. Yeah, that, that's an unfortunate situation. But I think for other people, I mean, that's why you get in as soon as you can because there's ways ways in which to repair that to be able to get you a better rate. And if you're talking a half percent over thirty years, it's that's big, a lot of money. It's a big number. Yeah, yeah, so. big number. Okay, you want me to get this one? Yeah, Mr. Long. Okay, what are your thoughts on advertising? I see some uh, agents with billboards and radio ads and other realtors doing nothing. Mm. What do you think, Andy? You're on the radio. Yeah, that is true. Some, um, have, some have radio shows. They, I've heard uh, those guys are the best, the yeah. radio show guys. Yeah. The, you get to know them before you talk they to do. them. Um, no, I'm teasing. And the, you know where to find them. <laughs> every Saturday, <laughs> like it or not. Um, no. The uh, So anyway. You're kind of going on a limb calling us radio show guys, though. We're realtors that happen to be on the radio. That's right. We love to come in and talk. This is a passion for both of us. Yeah. We don't want to insult you, Denny. How long have have we been doing this, by the way? I'm just curious. Have you gone over over 10? Has it really? Yeah. That means I'm over eight. So that's pretty crazy. But so it goes to show that we obviously care about this industry. We like to, you know, bring good resources to the listeners and, and share. And, and we've always been about, you know, that's kind of a new trend with social media, sharing information and whatever. We've been doing it for years. You know, it comes down to anything. When you buy a car, you buy a house, you buy a whatever, there's always somebody that has a gimmick. And if a gimmick is what you want, a gimmick is what you'll get. That's what I would say to you. If you're looking for somebody that's a professional, you know, think about this. If you saw a billboard for a medical procedure, it says, you know, do this knee, get this knee free. Would you go to that doctor just because the knee was free, even though it was twice the price? Or would you go to the regular doctor that's the best at that procedure? But, it's just, it depends on what you're, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's Advertising bad. gets you to call people too. You know, and, and get you to come in. So, I mean, if well, you do Well, I've ads, said the same thing. You go to the State Fair. How many people do you see leaving the State Fair with a mop over their shoulder? They had no intention of going to the State Fair and buying a mop. It, they go there and they see that ad. They see that, you know, they're mopping stuff up. They're like, this is the best thing ever. And they buy it. We all do it. It's human nature. Grabbing people at the right emotional timing is, is what advertising is all about. So, here's the thing. So, advertising, are they better? Are they worse? Um, I'm not going to say because I don't know the individuals that are coming out to your house. I think a lot of times there's a bigger um, system you know, there's uh, so when you have a big team or you have a big quote brokerage and you're running big ads, you're not going to probably get the pictured person that's on that ad out to your house or the one that runs the ad on the show, you know, or whatever, or the radio spot or whatever. It's usually you have somebody on their team. So just a different way to do business. It's not bad. It's just different. Yeah. But I think, too, you could be the best realtor in the world. And if nobody knows it, it's, you know, you're never going to get to them. You but know? usually so those you people gotta, are busy. See, that's yeah. a difference. I mean, I think that the really, really truly talented real estate agents that are out there that have a great reputation are referral after referral after referral. They don't have to run the ads and they're still doing, you know, 50, 60 transactions a year and they're making a great living and their customers are very satisfied. But that's why I would say to the listeners, if you have a good real estate agent that treated you right, make sure to tell your friends and family about it because then you can continue that um, genuine good message and help. And I just have an idea. I think next state fair, you guys should give away mops. 
<laughs> Just a thought. I, I think I'm going to get a call Andy's from the lawyers. Andy's going to do the mopping, yeah. The mop lawyers. Listen, Prasky. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Don't you think it's a good idea, for instance, like our parents, when you're young to just buy a nice house and live in it for 30 years? My parents did that, and they're much better off without a house payment at age 50. That's, Amen. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I think uh, there's a lot of life changes that happen. And what you can afford at, uh, you know, 20, 20 years old, you know, prior to kids mm-hmm. um, is, you know, in that, that two-bedroom, one-bath bungalow with four kids is a little hard to do it. But so don't, don't you think we did it differently, up. though, Chris? I think back in the day, you know, a few, maybe even a generation before ours, they would buy a house that would work for them in their 20s. They would stretch that house out as big as, you know, literally they'd have, you know, two kids in a bedroom sometimes knowing that they're not going to be there forever and eventually they go away. So that house never had to be, you know, versus now I meet a lot of young couples that, well, we need a four or five bedroom house. And, and back in the day, they didn't do it that way. They'd have a That's two right. or three bedroom house and make everybody fit with or bunk beds. One. Or yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My my dad, I mean, they had five brothers sleep in that room, three in the bed and then two on the floor. <laughs> so, I mean, that one bedroom worked out pretty well. So yeah. I guess I was wrong. But uh, but I'll go with maybe a job change too. Maybe it, it yeah. puts you on the other side of town, or mm-hmm. you know, a lot of what people are doing now. And Andy kind of mentioned it earlier with schools, mm-hmm. you know, getting into different school districts and stuff like that. So lots of fun things. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to call in your real estate question, there's a line open, or send a text eight <laughs> eight one eight zero seven. I just saw that. <laughs> I'm uh, assuming a text. It is, it's about Andy. Yeah, of course. It says hey. Why, uh, what does it say? We, we don't are, we don't all buy a mop at the state fair. Marty I know. And I know, but the state <laughs> fair doesn't Andy. stay open on the people that don't Andy buy stuff. Andy usually has two. Okay, yeah. um, what is cap gain exclusion on a home sale? That's that's a that's a tax question. That's a tax question. We you can't give legal and tax advice, but I'll tell you what: if I was selling a house that I lived in um, two of the previous five years and I was a single person, yep. I think I could uh, exclude about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You've heard if that. I was married, yeah, yeah, I'd probably be able to exclude five hundred thousand, so mm. yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, okay, what else do we have uh. here? Hey, let's talk. I was going to quickly say um, before we go back to text messages, the loan limits have gone up. Yeah, so that's obviously our market is raised, so they've kind of uh, figured that in. What yeah, is it? Yeah, so uh, conventional loans uh, increased. From 453 in 2018 to uh, 484 and change, and FHA loans increased. Uh, well, FHA loans are a little bit different. They're kind of county driven as far as where your max loan amount is. But for the the Twin Cities area, went from uh, 356,500 to 366,850. So, you know, basically, it just allows people to uh, um, deal with various underwriting, uh, consistent underwriting standards for a little bit larger loan amount. And it's just a good sign that, you know, market's improving, home prices are increasing, and they're allowed to take advantage of those uh, those programs. Which is great. Uh, Andy, um, we, your million-dollar Zillow person, I think we, we got something here. It says, you can tap into the city's permit system for improvements to determine value. Not sure Zillow does that. You know, and I'm not sure exactly what their algorithms are, but I do know that they look at tax value as one of their, I think, 16 criteria. Yeah. So, and, and I think that you're only as good as your city reports. So some cities will report more than others. And so... Well, and you're only as good as people pulling permits too. Correct. And that's a situation because a lot of people don't pull permits. And, uh, and there's certain things you don't have to pull permits for. So mm-hmm. if you have, um, 
new carpet. Well, I'll give you a real good example. Mm-hmm. In in certain cities, you don't even have to pull permits for new windows. As long as they're in the exact same you know, position that they were in before, you don't have to have a permit. So let me ask you a question. Do you think it hurts your value if you finished your basement and you don't have permits pulled? No, because I think about fifty percent of them are that way. I know. And then, but I think. What about liability? You ha- you, you have to disclose that. You know. Yeah. There's there's the thing on the disclosure statement called exclusion from value, mm-hmm. and that's if you did finish something that the county doesn't know about. Because what could happen? All of a sudden, you know, the county thinks that that basement wasn't finished. All of a sudden, it is finished, and when they sell it, it goes for a higher price, and your taxes go up. Right. So I think real important that you you disclose that. And the other thing is, is that. You know, then your inspector just got to look a lot closer. Some people well, don't like there's it. There's also repercussions. I mean, we've had where um, I've had cities that will require to come back in and actually inspect what was finished, and we've had to cut sheetrock up and put green treated boards down along the baseboards. I mean, it, it gets cost lots of money sometimes if you don't do it correctly. So easier it, to pull a permit. Easier to pull a permit, and then it also what's nice is that then the liability. You know, you're, you you followed the rules, you did everything you were told to do, and it, it kind of passes that versus not disclosing that you did the electric work yourself and then something sparks and starts a fire and you didn't disclose. You know, I think that there's some disclosure, um, good reasons why you should do it. You know? Yeah, I agree. What, what would you guys say is the, the biggest housing project that should have a permit that never gets pulled from your experiences? That's a weird question. You know, the, uh, let's yeah. go to break you know and think about it. <laughs> Can we get back to you next week? That's no. supposed to answer that. The, that biggest, was... the biggest project that doesn't have a permit that you're saying that probably should? You're right. Oh. Like a, you know, bathroom. I was going to say a bathroom, maybe? You know, or the basement, obviously. Well, you know, let's say, for example, flooring. Like sometimes underlayments and things could be looked at. Um, I, you know, but you're talking to a guy that I'm no, kind of. permit for that. I'm anti-permit on some things, right? Like, like I like having the freedom of not having to do that, but. I'm sure someday they could have permits on paint, so you use certain kinds of paint or healthier paints or got a, a, lower VOCs or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of cities that have agendas that they want to, you know, guide people on using healthier products. I think that could be part of a process too. The city of Champlin is uh, listening. Andy Prasky's home. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell you what. Let's toxic uh, waste dump. Let's uh, take a break. We'll have more show to come here. If you have a real estate question, call us. In fact, uh, Dennis, uh, hang on the line. We'll uh, pick up on your question when we come back. or send a text, 81807. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show. If you have that kind of a question, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Guys, we do have callers and texters. Let's uh, get uh, their questions answered. Dennis is calling from Becker, I believe. Dennis, we're listening. What's your question? Yeah, good morning, uh, lifetime listeners, CCO, and love your uh, shows here on Saturday. Thank you. Um, um, I bought a house in Becker uh, within the last month. It's a split level. It's got a 16 by 16 addition on sticks. Um, it's fully finished. There's no patio door going out to it. It's a wide open uh, wall. Um, and it has forced air in the floor from the house furnace. Um, I'm wondering when does an addition like that become part of the square footage? I mean, if it's if it's a four season room and it's heated, mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of your square footage. Yep, I mean, oh, for okay. sure. With even, the door. even up on the sticks, it's okay. Okay. Second question. Um, now we bought this property. I mean, we've been looking for a long time, listening to your show, paying attention. We paid two hundred thirty thousand for it. It's a twenty two hundred square foot without the addition. And in the backyard, it's got a 24 by 48 
heated finished shop, um, fully wired, um, tons of outlets. High five um, right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they figured all this into the price when we bought it. You got a wonderful value, sir. Yeah. Okay. Dennis, that sounds okay. great. I love that area yeah. there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful up here. We love it. All right, thanks. I'm going to get back onto the radio. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> good, good football team, too. Oh. So. Nice. Anyways. Uh, let's see who's left. Carolyn has been waiting there in Minneapolis. Thanks, Carolyn. What is your question? Yeah, well, I have a family member that bought a home, and it was already been renovated, but it has uneven floors. And when you go upstairs and you stop on the landing, it um, it's uneven. So the inspector okayed it. Is that something that's normal or like you can't always stand flat-footed where, wherever you walk, but it's beautifully renovated except the floors. Carolyn, yeah. how, how old is the house? 1917. Oh, there okay. you go. Okay. That's not unusual to have it mm-hmm. uh, an uneven floor like that. And maybe it's shifted at one point, mm-hmm. but I mean, if it's still standing since 1917, it's going to, it's going to do it. But depending on where that house is too, yep. there's a lot of sinking areas, um, you know. Well, the houses adjust over the years, and then they dry into that form. And so sometimes when you, let's say, you simply say, well, I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm going to fix that with a new pole or a new footing. And it gets tricky because that, that lumber's dried that way. It's been sitting that way for a long time. A lot of times you cause more damage trying to fix it than you do leaving it alone. Um, and, and that's kind of the character and the charm of an older home sometimes people appreciate. Yeah, and there, there is some older homes that are in, in Minneapolis that were um, – put on like almost like telephone poles, you know, mm. that they drove them down there. And that stuff is, I, I've seen pictures of it and it's crazy. I mean, yep. that they built them on there, but that's what they did back then. The old then. rock foundations are there too. I mean, there's yeah. lots of cool stuff and it, it, it lasts. It's just that we have easier ways and smarter, more, I should say the, the engineering behind a lot of the stuff we use now has, you know, the stats behind it. So they use different products now, but back in the day, those products were great. And that house is still standing. I mean, geez, over a hundred years later, it's pretty impressive. All right, here's another one. I'm pretty worried about some friends who rushed into buying a five-bedroom house at the age of 22. Here's the people that are thinking about living there until 52 and paying it off. But at the same time, they purchased a brand-new ice castle, but they have only one income and both drive junk vehicles. Any thoughts? High-five on the ice castle. Um, <laughs> and you can reach me at 612. No, I, I love ice fishing, so that's fun. But that's a, that's a toy, right? So those are spending decisions that are – you're going to hear me say the depreciating assets versus appreciating assets. And so, you know, houses generally have the ability to appreciate. They have advantages there. And things that you buy off the lot and pull away sometimes can go down in value fast. So you want to have more of the ones that don't depreciate and, and more, you know. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. Some people like just aren't car guys either, and they're totally comfortable with uh, driving older cars that are affordable. You know, well, I think sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, I think sometimes too on – you don't know. I mean, whatever they purchased, and, and and maybe they bit off a little more than they could chew. But there there is different loan programs that can probably get that payment down lower. And they're maybe thinking because I'll tell you what: when you do when you go and sell, mm-hmm. I mean, there's costs involved. You know, there's sure. costs, and I mean, you got to pay us to be able to sell it. Yeah. You know, and then you got to go buy another one, and so there's some uh, well, there's county, pay closing there's costs. And, and, yeah, and all that stuff. So. Hey, maybe it's the area that they wanted. They pushed it a little, maybe did um, a good interest rate, maybe put more money down, and that's what's important to them. 
Yeah, and not everybody wants to live in something that's affordable and smart. You know, I mean, sometimes we push ourselves or extend ourselves, and maybe they have bigger plans. Maybe they have more kids on the way or whatever, and so that house is a good fit for them. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in your question, or if it's easier, send us your text, 81807. That's 81807. I think that... That one question, uh, it was Carolyn that brought it up about uh, the unlevel floor and, mm-hmm. you know, the inspector said it was okay and stuff like that. I, you know, I think with with the inspectors per se, um, they're, I mean, they're kind of know a lot of things about a lot of stuff, but they're not experts in every little, little thing. And I, most inspectors that I've seen will, will say stuff, but then they'll kind of quantify it with, you know what, but you might want to get that checked out or here's what you can do. But mm-hmm. like, th- like that, for instance, Hey, it's built in 1917. You know, there was probably some settling at that. It doesn't look like any indication of anything else, mm-hmm. you know, but you might have to deal with an uneven floor. Right. Or, or, you know, you, maybe that house is in a position of where the investment's worth it to do a new foundation, for example. So they have somebody come in, they jack the house up, they build a new foundation, they set the house right back down. And now you've invested forty to $60,000 into that property. And maybe the ROI is there, you know, the return. But if it's not, you have to be very cautious. Um, and, and again, I'm telling you, there's somebody down the road that'll buy that house and that won't even phase them. Yeah, when I, I've had one of my appraisers always say in situations like this, just imagine if you were standing still for 100 years. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're going to lean a little bit somewhere or the other, you know, so. Only took me 20. <laughs> <laughs> Darn gravity. I, I, I would try to hit the punchline before Andy <laughs> I'm sitting attacked. over like a cat ready to yeah, bounce yeah, on you. Totally. I'm right, still we, bad about that. We have a little, over, uh, over. Mm-hmm. little over two minutes to go, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we're going to get your uh, information squared away here. But let's, uh, let's find out. Greg in Cambridge is on the line. Greg, what's your question? My question is, I hear advertised uh, uh, to get deed lock. I want to know if that's a gimmick or if that's a good idea. A deed lock? I haven't heard that one. What do they say? Oh, they say that people can go on online and uh, and assume your deed and take a loan out. And then, of course, you know, they keep the money and yet, you're expected to pay oh. the loan. They actually so they're protecting you, protecting your deed that you purchased. Okay, I think I get it. I would say that's a gimmick. Gimmick. You know, and I don't know the details, but we have uh, one of my loan officers has a client who's a police officer, and they're doing something to where when he closes that the deed is not going to be public information at all to protect his identity. Well, maybe yeah. that's what he's talking about. You know, I, I don't know the details mm. about it, but I, I just heard about it for like the first time here just within the, like the last month. And, you know, they're mm. doing something to protect his identity. Must well, be and think like a witness protection thing too. Yeah. I mean, that you, you should be able to do that. I'm sure. Well, maybe unless, unless your mortgage company, if there's a mortgage, if they'd allow you to do those things or not, I don't know. But there's a lot of... Um, probably questions that can be answered with talking to a lender or talking to a the, the bank that you're going to borrow from. But I would also look at, you know, you can have people that produce, you know, work. There's mechanics liens and things, and you can't stop that. That Those laws are designed to protect the mechan- the mechanical people working on your house. Yeah. So the laws are to protect you, and then you have to defend yourself. So Get title insurance yeah. and owner's title insurance. I'm at least you're covered from before you bought it. Yep. Yeah. How do we Chris get, in, get in touch? Say again? <laughs> ChrisRooney.com. Oh, that was the, <laughs> the abridged version. How about you, uh, Andy? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Prasky.com. Tra- TravisMNLoans.com. 
All right. It must be the cold. Uh, we're gonna. We should be warming up by the time you guys get back here next uh, Saturday. All right. Awesome. I look forward to that. All right. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 